Welcome to the Learning Shared Podcast. Hello, my name is Alan Wood and I'm your host. Thanks very much for listening. So Learning Shared is a space for anyone with an interest in supporting the needs of vulnerable learners in our society, including those with special educational needs and disabilities. We'll be hearing from and talking with a wide range of colleagues and stakeholders, including teachers, specialist practitioners, school leaders, researchers, as well as parents and carers. They'll be sharing creative, inspiring ideas, effective practice and things they've learned along their journey. With that in mind, please get in touch if you'd like to suggest a topic for a future episode or if you'd like to be involved in any way. You can visit us at www.learningshared.org or tweet us at underscore learning shared. The Learning Shared podcast is brought to you by Evidence for Learning and the EFL Send community. This is a growing community of teachers, practitioners, school leaders, researchers and academics that support children, young people and adults with special educational needs and disabilities or indeed any form of additional learning needs. You can find out more about the EFL Send community and Evidence for Learning at www.evidenceforlearning.net. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello. In this episode, Katie Fielding, who is Deputy Head at Kingsbury Primary Special School in Lancashire, describes their school's Rainbow Experience curriculum. In a very detailed presentation, Katie uses the five levers of the recovery curriculum and trauma-informed practice models to demonstrate how carefully planned, gently phased recovery programmes may be designed for children with complex needs. She thinks of the needs of the staff too and what transition for them might look like. In addition to providing the presentation, Katie has very generously shared a downloadable copy of the school's Rainbow Curriculum Handbook, as well as some other resources that are referred to in the presentation. So if you're listening to the audio-only version of this episode, there's a link to a video of the presentation on the Recovery Curriculum website at www.recoverycurriculum.org. And if you select episode 13, you'll be able to watch and listen to the slideshow as well as access copies of Katie's resources. So, once again, Professor Barry Carpenter introduces our guest, Katie Fielding. Welcome to another in the podcast series for the Recovery Curriculum. In this edition of of the Recovery Curriculum podcast, we're going to focus particularly on leadership and practitioners. And our guest for today to achieve that goal for us is Katie Fielding. Katie is the Deputy Head Teacher at Kingsbury Primary School in Lancashire, and a 2 to 11 special school co-located with a primary school. Katie's been in our profession for 23 years and has worked in mainstream education uh, as a Deputy Head Teacher and as a Senko. Following time out with her own family, Katie returned to special education and has built up her career in that field, uh, particularly with children with the most complex learning difficulties and as a great advocate of the engagement approaches with those children. So she's been deputy head teacher at her current school, Kingsbury, since 2015. 
She leads on things like curriculum, assessment, and the Forest School. Katie has developed a very personalized curriculum for the children of the school. And with the advent of recovery curriculum, was one of the very first people to grab that and reinterpret their school curriculum for the moment, for the now, for the children returning to their school from the pandemic. It is a curriculum that truly wraps around the child, that touches the child at their point of learning need and addresses the fact that these children may return with loss, with fear, with anxiety. She uses her curriculum approach as a process of healing to restore the children to their rightful place as learner, to advocate for their rights to be that successful learner. Katie, welcome, and we look forward to sharing with you this episode of the Recovery Curriculum Podcast Series. Thank you very much, Barry, and thank you to the Learn and Share team for inviting me to share our rainbow experience with you all. As Barry has mentioned, Kingsbury is a special school for children 2 to 11. We currently have eight C1 children on roll, and our cohort and our numbers have dramatically changed over the years, and we are really more a complex learning school rather than the generic learning difficulty school that we were first labelled with. Over the years, um, we've had to really change our practices. We've had to reflect. We've had to make many changes. And hopefully, what we provide now at Kingsbury is all about the child and how that child learns. It's very personalised and very individualised. And we pride ourselves on knowing that no matter what, our children come first. So what I'd like to do with you today is I'd like to share our journey of recovery. Our journey is still an ongoing journey and it is forever being changed and adapted as you read more and you research more and you listen to all the amazing people who have shared their journey through the Learning Shared website. This is our recovery journey. Like most of you, we had that basic action plan and we were in that kind of, I don't know, very naively thought that we'd just get a four weeks Easter holiday and then we would be back into normality. How wrong were we? <laughs> so <laughs> lockdown really suddenly happened and it was very rushed. There was no clear thinking and we just kind of gave holdout activities to give us time to think but maintaining that communication. From there, I feel as a school we have massively come forward we as the SLT we have two teams we have a team that's the operational team who are dealing with the day-to-day -day kind of what is going on in school and doing all the government requirements and the risk assessments and looking after the vulnerable families and then there's the other side of our leadership team which is focusing on the strategic lead and what this is going to look like when our children finally return to school and how we can prepare them for returning to school. So lots and lots of communication, lots of well-being activities for the children and the staff and ways of engaging. But what has also been really, really fantastic is it's been time that we will never, ever get again. And this is one of the advantages of lockdown, where as a staff, we've developed professionally together and we've become that professional community that is sharing 
the available online courses that are available and there's so many out there there's that many that you can't really see the wood for the trees and we've had to reel ourselves in and the TAs are now wanting to learn they're wanting to share so we're getting that deep understanding of what this recovery needs to be like before we're actually back in school and actually walking the walk and not just talking the talk it's been a massive learning journey, a very steep learning journey with lots of ups and downs. But at the heart of it, we keep on going back to why are we doing this and what are our children going to get out of it? So the main thing that we've really had to focus on is maintaining those relationships and making sure that everybody is OK and that it's OK to have bad days. It's okay, OK to have amazing days. It's OK to think, how am I ever going to carry on and get back to normality? And we've done this through lots and lots and lots of different ways. Um, we've had text to staff. We've had text to parents. Give us a thumbs up if you're OK or a thumbs down if you're not. If we don't hear from you, we will be ringing you to check you're all right. We have the drop-in so we can basically go and monitor our children. So we have magic breakfast drop-offs, we've lent sensory equipment, we've done home visits, lots and lots and lots of things. We've also utilised the Evidence for Learning parent portal, which is available through Evidence for Learning, which has enabled us to allow parents to share all the lovely things that they've been doing during lockdown but also for us to share all the lovely things that we've been having during doing lockdown. So it's become a real community of staff and parents sharing their experiences and what that looks like. We've, as everybody will do, there's been class messages, there's been videos going out. We've made sure that we've touched those children who don't have access to, commun to the communication that our children have access to. And we've posted posters and messages to them through the post. So every child in our school two weeks ago got an actual letter through the post from us all, just photographs with key messages on. And the amount of feedback that we got from that was really quite touching. And um, we've done whole song, whole school videos and songs and presentations, which we've linked to Evidence for Learning. And at the moment we're sharing through a podcast that was available on YouTube through Dean Beadle. We all share our lockdown joys. What has been our lockdown joys? Because we were getting to the point where we all needed a bit of a boost. And we're now on the process now where we're going out to actually home visits to actually go and see our children. And that has been such a positive, lovely thing for our well-being and the children's well-being. I have to say, the, the staff at school dread the ping when it's me emailing, thinking, what silly things is she going to have us doing this week? Um, but it's kind of kept the fun going and kept us all in contact. And then it's been lovely when we've all been able to share. So these are some of the things that we've been doing. So this is an example of a message. And these are the different things that using the Evidence for Learning Parent Portal, we have brought together to make our own presentations and videos. So we've had a Kingsby Bake Off, we've done a lockdown selfie challenge, we've done fun in the sun. We are going to do a Kingsby Come Dancing, but they don't quite know that yet. But that's the next thing that I'm going to pull out the bag. Um, so I took the lead initially to get this up and running. And now it's lovely because I can now hand over the reins and delegate. And the teachers are doing their own things through the parent portal and activities for parents to do. And also our TAs are having the input in what activities we can give them. So it's a proper whole school community thing. And our parents are saying what they've enjoyed and we pick things that they've shared with us. 
So what does this look like through evidence for learning? So our parents can upload videos, they can upload photographs, and we are using it as a lovely way to see what the parents are doing and to share our lovely comments, but also a way that we can use our inquiry and we can monitor what engages those child, what motivates the child, what kind of activities are we going to have to provide when that child comes back to school and that transition is successful. Because if we use what the parents have, have been doing because they know their child inside out, then that transition will be a lot more successful. So this is a lovely, lovely photograph of video of one of our boys called Theo and his engagement when he received a, a video from one of our members of staff. And watching that as staff just melts our hearts. Um, and there's another one of another one of our lovely little boys and his actual concentration and engagement with this activity is just mind-blowing. From a teacher's point of view, there is so much learning, so much engagement, so many skills that Zach's actually learning through that activity. And that's something that we can really take advantage of when he comes back into school of providing these activities to motivate him and want him to be there. So how does this all fit together with the recovery curriculum? We've really thought about the five losses and the need for us all to recover and that just isn't the children, it's also the staff and the families. It needs to be everybody who we need to give the time. And this is a quote from Barry that he always says, we need time to recover, reconnect and rebuild our resilience. And we don't know what that's going to look like for any of us. And we don't know what people have gone through. So we have to be sympathetic and we have to listen and we have to understand that this time has been different for everybody and nobody knows what we are going to come back to and we need to give people time to heal um, everybody's experience will be different and I keep on going back to when our children walked out of the school building on Friday the 20th of March they haven't we just felt like they abandoned us and for some members of our team they don't really get that the impact that we'll have that on but as we've come to do our home visits one of our teachers rang me the other day and he went Katie I get it now and one of the children when he'd gone on the home visit had rang another member of the teaching the TA in his class and she said to him all right young man how are you doing and he automatically said you've forgotten all about me you can't even remember my name and it just shows that actually all this loss is actually real. It's forever. And then we've got we've got children who just, am I going to high school? Am I ever going to come back to Kingsbury? And it's those children that you never, ever thought would actually be able to have that understanding and that feeling of loss. And we've got to be really clever and really sensitive to how we handle that to make sure, especially those year six children who won't get a chance to say goodbye. And for most of our children, they won't understand that it is goodbye and they're moving on. And we haven't got that time to put that work in that we, we would have done. And we really need to think carefully of how we need to do that so their transition to high school is as successful as it possibly can be. We have this motto in Kingsbury that we can do this. We can be that team because together everybody cheese more. And it's okay to be scared. We're all scared, but together we will get through this and we will 
make sure that we do the best for our children. Our transition back to school, this has got to be the most, most thought about process of anything in the recovery curriculum, because if we don't get it right, we're going to have a very, very difficult journey ahead of us. And that child's journey is going to be very, very traumatic. So we have to make sure that this essentially is right. And both of these things, when I've been working on our recovery curriculum, fit together. So we've got the five levers and we've also got the trauma-informed classroom principles. And I think that they very, very, very knit together and overlap because at the end of it, we need to make sure that our children know that we're there for them. We still love them to bits and we miss them dearly and we care for them, but we need to keep them safe. So everybody's transition has got to look different in different ways and it's got to be well planned. But most importantly, it's got to work with the parents and we've got to listen to the parents and we've got to use our judgment. And we're also making sure that we're giving the teachers ownership of what that transition will look like for each child. It's not the leaders at the top saying this is what will happen. We're deciding which children we want to focus on. And then we're listening to what those teachers are experiencing when they have those phone calls, when they do those home visits. And for some of those children, we are going on the home visits with the teachers because they are the children that we need to make those decisions to what it looked like. Because for some of our children, especially our year six children, to bring them back to school at this late stage now will have more damage than actually leaving them going and saying our goodbyes to them at home, providing them with the visuals and the social stories that they need to understand that Kingsbury has finished and this is where your new school will be. And it's weighing up those balancing scales to their anxiety. Is their anxiety going to go through the roof by bringing them back for the matter of six days or is it better to do that transition from home and work with the schools and do it through videos and web links? So what we've done throughout those five levers is we have very carefully thought about the four stages and it's all written down there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick out the most important things from each bit of those levers. And if anybody has any queries or wants me to explain, my email will be at the end of the presentation. Please do not hesitate to get in touch with me because it's through lots of everybody's hard work that I have been able to develop our recovery curriculum and our rainbow experience for our children. So thank you to all those who have had that input. So as I've already discussed, we've done lots and lots of things in lockdown to make our relationships still there for our children to know that they still belong. We're in that transition stage at the moment where we're trying to think carefully because we have only had two children in during this lockdown stage so now we have to think about how we're going to transition the rest of our children back and also transition our staff back because our staff basically need to get back in that routine as well and they need to get back into that relationship of those teams we have very clear procedures of what the transition process needs to look like for our year sixes for our children who will be turning in the classes and how that will look like and I will attach those when this goes live on the podcast so you can have a look at how we've done it in Kingsbury in more detail. The teachers are working very closely. We make sure that the visuals are going out. And thanks to Lynn McCann, whose resources are absolutely fantastic, particularly for our children. 
We have a rotor to make sure that all staff are involved in going out on those home visits because as much as the teachers and us want to see the children, so do our TAs. They've missed our children just as much as our as we do. So we need to make sure that when that transition happens, our children have that vital toolbox with all the things that they will need to make that transition successful. So the visuals, the videos, the social stories, the visits, the Zoom calls with children if it's age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for them. So they're getting to know where those trusted adults are and those trusted children. Obviously, because we're a co-located school with a mainstream primary school, we're two schools in the same campus. We have to think very, very carefully because obviously mainstream, the social distancing rules and their safety signs will need to be very different to what ours are because we'll have children that will rip off the signs and peel the tape off the floor. So at the moment, we are thinking very carefully of how we can make our school meet the risk assessments but also make it Kingsbury friendly so instead of the social distancing lines we're thinking of painting rainbows that the children jump on with numbers we're thinking of having a track down the corridor so the children can see where those signs are and hopefully it will be a more positive than quite some of the quite harsh signs that we see around places to make them understand in those visuals and what we plan to do is get school ready and then send out a video to our children of what those signs are with the social stories and the visuals to support what it actually means when we get to Kingsbury because for most of our children they're going to get off that bus that first day back and there'll be these big massive designs on the floor and that automatically will send them into meltdown and we don't want to do that we want to prevent that from happening so we have to think very carefully we have made a decision as our school that for most of our children socially distancing isn't going to be possible and because of the school that we are our staff completely understand that and the staff who are more anxious we are working with them so we've created our bubbles so within those bubbles the staff will remain the same the children will remain the same but it means that school and Kingsby will be the place that it always was before lockdown and COVID-19 so if they want a hug they can have a hug if they need a little bit of TLC, if they need the tap pack, if they need the social, the sensory diets, we are going to still give them that because that's what they need. And that's what is important to them to keep their anxieties down and keep them on that level of feeling safe. So we need to make sure that we're all happy and we're all smiling. No matter what we're feeling inside, we need to be that positive role model. We'll have that open door policy through school where if staff needs some bit of time out, if a child needs a bit of time out, we are there for them. We're going to use the happiness boxes, which I know you've worked really hard with, Barry, um, with Bev to create those because we think that's lovely. We've making sure that when we return to school in September, although our classes, the staff will stay the same, the children who are moving into different classes, we're thinking very, very carefully of how we're going to make that transition happen. So we're having a time where the staff from their old class will spend time with a new class in their new classes to make sure that that transition is successful. And of course, moving forward, we've got lots and lots and lots of lovely ideas of what we want to do to rebuild this relationship. Our therapy dog is our thing. So we have our Dragon's Den talk ready to wow the rest of SLT tomorrow to say, let them see that we do need a therapy dog. So to make sure 
that we're built, rebuilding. And it's a new relationship for our children and something to help them. Okay, so community and belonging. These kind of link together with the relationships and belonging. Of course, we've used some lots of resources that are available. The vital thing that I've thought about in the last few weeks is, and I'm currently working on, and again, this will be attached with my podcast, is that we're going to have a child's passport back to school, which we're going to ask our parents to fill in via the Google Forms. Basically getting that summary of what lockdown is, has been like for the child and the family. So we want to know the strengths, what it was the good things about it as well as the things that have been quite tricky we want to know if things like the toileting the, the sleeping pattern the medication whether that's changed during lockdown as well as the has COVID-19 affected their family the important thing that we're going to ask our families is what key things do they want us to focus on when we return to school it might be behaviour, it might be getting them back into routine, it might be getting the toileting up and running again. So we will listen and work with our families to make sure that that will happen. What we also want to do is we want to have a staff passport as well, because we want to know what impact lockdown has had on our staff and has, has it affected them? Has there been any changes to their circumstances? Has somebody in their family lost a job? Have they lost somebody? So all those things really, really, really matter to make us build that picture of what our children and our staff are going to be like when they come back. We're doing lots of online training at the moment with our staff to bring them together. And we're also going to have a staff quiz night, socially distanced, of course, because we have a massive school hall because we are in an old secondary school building. So we're going to have a lockdown, social distance staff quiz night before we return to school. We're also thinking very carefully about how when we return to school, how can we bring that community and that belonging together? And I met with our mental health lead last week to discuss all the different activities that we can do to make sure that we're building that sense of community. And that bit of fun, let's have some fun when we go back to school. Let's use this time to do things together and to make sure that school is a happy, happy place. So we're going to do things like make sure that we do group activities. We want a rainbow path. We want a celebration. We want to do joint activities together and we're working together as a team to think about those activities. So it's not just people at the top saying, this is what we're going to do. We're going to ask our TAs to lead on sessions when we come back on our teachers and a bit of making sure that our children feel wanted. Of course, we need to make sure that our parents have that time to talk about their losses, to talk about what it's been like for each other. And we're thinking of doing things for staff, like we're going to have a Kingsbury Mile Challenge when we go back to school and we're all going to set how many miles we want to do in the next, before October half term and have a little bit of competition and that banter between school. We want to set up a Daily Mile Lunch Club and so some of our children's staff can do that. And morning yoga, just things that bring us together and have a little bit of fun. And the main thing we need to do is we want to bring our community together and we want to thank all those people in our local area who have been helping people during lockdown and maybe sharing our songs and our activities with the local care homes through videos or going and doing a presentation at the social distance when we're allowed back in the buildings. 
So our transparent curriculum, at the moment, this is changing daily as we think of new things and new ideas. We've had the compassionate leadership and we have, as we've been in school, we've made sure that we have asked our staff how lockdown is for them, if they have any young children at home, if they have any vulnerable family members. So we are very sympathetic to those families who have got young children at home. And I have been lucky enough to myself, it doesn't feel like on most days to be able to have worked from home during lockdown and just go in and out as needed within school. So we thought very, very carefully of how we can support our staff and also support our children. For those parents who have been struggling, we've made sure that we've reacted quickly and strategies have been put in place. So we've done Zoom calls, we've done visits, we've provided sensory equipment, we've done lots and lots of things. And as Lynn McCann says, our parents have needed that reassurance. We need to celebrate their achievements that we've done and we need to plan with them to make sure that they understand what's happening when we come back to school. So... What we need to do now is we're in the transition stage and we need to really think carefully of how we can work with home and school to make sure that that transition is effective. So we need schedules, we need timetables, we need videos, we need social stories. We need to make sure that those social stories are left with the children so they can read them when their anxiety is low and also are around school as well. We also need to provide the option of part-time schooling. It'd probably be like that anyway in September for a, reduced, for a small amount of time. But we need to make sure that our parents know that there's that flexibility to work with them to make that transition back to school successful. We need to make sure that our staff have got that toolbox of skills as well as our children ready to return so they have the understanding of what our curriculum will be like. And if I'm being really honest... Our curriculum won't look any different in our classrooms. It's just what we are focusing on will look different and how we are going to do it because we have a very, very personalised child-led curriculum anyway. So our meetings for our parents, we will obviously do these through Zoom or through the channels teams to make sure that our parents have that understanding of what our curriculum is going to be like when we return and that we will listen to them as we always do and we pride ourselves in making sure that our curriculum is all about what our parents need from their children and what skills they need to develop. And surprisingly, well, it isn't surprisingly, but I suspect that most of our parents will want to focus on behaviour and anxiety and those life skills that we will need to redevelop and relearn. We also need to make sure that we give our year sixes that time to say goodbye and give it the closure that we need. And that will look very, very differently for some of our year sixes. For some of our year sixes, it will be that they need to have that time to say goodbye and they need to have that socially distanced little celebration assembly that they know that every year six has for some of our other year sixes the time to say goodbye will be to go to their homes and provide them with those videos to say goodbye and we are very busy at the moment putting songs together and memory videos and memory presentations so we can each child will leave Kingsbury with that USB stick with everything to say goodbye and make sure that the closure of Kingsbury's done in a lovely positive way because we don't want to 
neglect them of having that opportunity to say goodbye and our parents need that time as well because a lot of our children have been with us since the age of two so we're thinking very carefully very sensitively and using our compassionate leadership to make sure that our year sixes have that personalized touch to their closure to Kingsbury School. We, when we return to school, are going to have a very informal curriculum, a very low demand curriculum, and I will talk about that as I move through my PowerPoint presentation to what that actually is going to look like on the shop floor. We're going to make sure that academic learning begins when that individual is ready. There's going to be no catch up. There's going to be this is a fresh start. We need to relook at what engages that child and relook at their education healthcare plan and relook at those targets that they have for the end of key stage and make them our best intended outcomes that we want for those children. We're also going to do a survey after this to check how our parents have felt during this lockdown experience because we don't know this could happen again. We need to learn and we need to move forward with how we can make things. And what we have learned is that we need to make sure that we have things available like our children's sensory diets and how they communicate those videos available for our parents so they can see how we do this within our school because it will help them at home. So, what we need to do is we made to make sure that we're looking for those opportunities. We're going to make sure that we've helped those children who've been in crisis. We have provided a wealth of play and sensory activities for our children to do at home. And again, it's using those activities and those things that the children, their parents have uploaded onto the Evidence for Learning Peril portal to monitor what has engaged that child during lockdown. What things can we do in school and what do we need to do? What time do we need to give our children when they come into school? What we ultimately want to do is by the end of our rainbow experience, which at the moment we are saying is going to be a term, but it may be longer. We will go with what our children need, not with what we're being told to do. It's about the children. It's not about targets. It's making sure that they have that time and their emotional health and well-being is at, at the heart of everything that we do within Kingsbury. So when this rainbow experience starts to kind of move back into what the Kingsbury curriculum was, and it will be not very much different in the classrooms, but the teacher's focus will be very, very different because it will go back to the child's EHC plan and the best intended outcomes. We want to provide at the end of this, we're going to use this time effectively to inquire about our children, to find out what makes them tick, to find out what makes them engage. And we are going to build up a This Is Me profile. And in that will be key skill documents that will say what the parents want from Kingsbury in that year, what they want us to develop. It will be about what engages a child, the sensory diet plan, behaviour and wellbeing plan, assault plan, physio move plan. So everything about that child, the barriers to learning will be in one document because we've got that time to actually spend with the child to actually think about what really makes them tick instead of thinking we need to start doing this, we need to start doing that. So we're going to use that time to the best of our advantage. We're going to use inquiry and evidence-based case studies to enable us to monitor the impact of our rainbow experience. 
and we will use tools such as evidence for learning to help us do that because we will then have the videos to able to us to reflect and monitor and evaluate what is happening in the classrooms and through that we're going to develop peer-to-peer -peer coaching with our staff so we're, we were kind of building on that collaborative learning community that lockdown has enabled us to have. What we need to do though when the children do return is we're going to do that ultimate baseline of where those children are at. So we will baseline using what the parents have told us, the videos on the parent portal. We will use the first couple of weeks to kind of let the children settle and then do a baseline using the engagement model. Every child in our school will have a baseline using the engagement model through the Roxford Review and that will be what we will use to judge our impact of our rainbow curriculum throughout the term. So space and freedom, this is essential. Because <laughs> for lots of our children, I've stressed this to staff yesterday, for lots of our children, the first two weeks may just be that they just need to chill. <laughs> they just need to come into school and they just need to have the time and the space to just be themselves, to get used to the school, to get used to people again, to get used to a bit of routine again, and to not have any demands put on them. And if they want to engage, then that is up to them. Because we need to ensure that it's safe for them and they know that we are the trusted adults and this is a trusted place for them. We need to have lots of opportunity to free play, lots of opportunity to play outside. We need to make sure that our classrooms, because of the rules that we have to follow, all have chill out places. So there's plenty of opportunities for the children to go and have time just to chill out and reflect. Because of the nature of our children, the journals provided by butterfly print we're going to adapt them to our kingsbury way and we may have a whole class journal that we will develop and that may be an interactive journal it will be what is appropriate to the children within each class we need to make sure that if the child wants to talk or they need somebody to listen or they just want a place to be on their own then they are available throughout the school we need to maximise the opportunities to create good habits of mindfulness, soothing and exercise. And that has been part of our curriculum as we've developed as Kingsbury. And it was lovely when a member of staff went on a home visit last week to one of our children. And he asked him, how has lockdown been? And he said, sometimes I get really cross and sometimes I get really angry. But what I've been doing is I've been doing the breathing exercises that you taught me in class. And it was just like, and I've been doing this, which you taught me into class. But what I really need is I want that punch bag that we have in school. So we put the punch bag on the minibus and we drop that off at school because when he gets angry, instead of the challenging behaviour, he's utilizing and self-regulating in a different way and it was lovely to see and measure the impact of actually spending time to develop those strategies has massive impacts for our children and I'm going to use your quote Barry when our children come back we really need to think about the social emotional and mental health and we need to build our children's resilience because we need to give those for armor for life we also need to build up our staff's resilience as well because a lot of us have been built in this little bubble in our own little world for how many times and we all need to build our resilience together. 
So that is really, really, really massive for us. We're also making sure that our peer-peer to coaching, we're giving staff that space and together we will develop what engagement needs to look like for those children. It's not going to be us going in and sitting with our clipboards and looking at their lesson. It will be about the child and what the adults do in that, that classroom to engage that child. What we're also going to do is we will monitor that through the Evidence for Learning app because there will be tags on there. So we, when we go and do videos in class or the teachers do videos or the TAs, they will put a little tag on to say engagement. So as SLT, we can go and have a look at all those engagement visits videos and monitor what is going on throughout the school. What we're also going to put in place is a RAG rating that we've put on the iPad so it's an interactive RAG rating for each child when they walk through the door, a RAG rating um, form and that will be completed depending on the child hourly during half of the day and we will be able to monitor the impact of that engagement and motivating that child has had on their behaviour and their anxieties. Again, what we our ultimate goal is readiness for everybody, our children, to go on the individual pathway at the end of this, to go on their pathway journey and experience in Kingsbury and the curriculum that they provide. And to do that, we need our highly skilled, refractive and confident staff. And I believe that we've got that opportunity through the peer-peer coaching to do it and use our inquiry learning to develop that. The most important thing that most of us are at that stage now of what will it look like in the classroom and on the shop floor? This is what our experience is at Kingsbury and we are ultimately striving for it to be like this again. Okay, so our rainbow curriculum is just a supplement of our Kingsbury Way curriculum to make sure that everybody in our Kingsbury family has that time to recover from lockdown and COVID-19. So we will use the same principles, but it will be a more focus, as it always has been, on our readiness to learn. So that will really look no different. We're just given the time and space for us to recover. So our aims of our rainbow experience are, as you can see, okay, we need to celebrate. We need to learn to build those relationships. We need to give time. And ultimately, we need to learn to how to regulate our behaviours and our emotions and manage them because a lot of us have been on an emotional roller coaster and we need to engage ultimately in learning. So these are our curriculum drivers. At the heart of it is the child and their emotional health and well-being. And these are the four things that we are going to clearly focus on when we return to Kingsbury. It's all going to be about play. It's going to be about social, emotional, mental health and communication and interaction. And through that, we will hopefully get engagement. So I saw this and I think it's a, a beautiful, beautiful quote. And it basically sums up what our recovery is all about. What we want to do in that time is we want to have fun, we want to have enjoy, we want to be kind to each other, we want to belong, but ultimately we want to learn to love learning again and what that will look like in our classrooms. So how are we gonna do it? The big question. <laughs> These are all the things that happen anyway in Kingsbury School 
But through this, we are going to really, really focus on a social, emotional health and well-being. We're going to be fun. We're going to be creative. We're going to be hands-on, which is what our curriculum was all about anyway. But the most important thing is instead of having a few classes that followed the informal curriculum, all of our classes are going to follow the informal curriculum. And what that means is that there's still structure in the day. There's still activities. There's still the pace. But the children have the option to opt in and out of what they do in that day with the understanding that if those activities are motivating and engaging, the children will want to opt in rather than opt out. But if things get too much and they need some time and space and they can opt out and the pressure and the demand won't be there to make them sit and to make them do activities. It will all be delivered through play and we'll use the smile well-being approach. That is what we're striving to do. It won't necessarily happen every day and it won't necessarily happen for every child but we can at least do a few of those. So we want to be able to connect. We want to be active and move. We want to be make the children take notice in things. We want to make them learn. And ultimately, we want to get them to engage in activity. And if they even engage in that activity for two minutes in one day, that is a massive achievement. We will work for five minutes and 10 minutes. And eventually, it will hopefully will all be there at that engaging stage. What we want to focus on and well is we want to focus on those soft skills for life. So through all these activities like rebound therapy, sensory diet, forest school, physical activities, sensory baking, we want to focus on those soft skills for living. So building up that resilience, building up the empathy, building up the curiosity, building up the motivation, building up the creativity, the self-awareness, Through all those activities, that is what we are going to focus on. Those living skills that children need to be successful in real life. And what's important is no matter what the child and what the adult is, when everybody comes through our Kingsbury door on that first day when it's their time to return to school, we all need to press that reset button because we all need to reset and we all need to start to rebuild our resilience, our emotional regulation and our self-confidence. And we need to provide the safe environment for everybody to do that. So our curriculum activities are going to look a little bit like this. And our theme we're going to run it through a theme theme topic approach which we do anyway and we've decided we're not going to change that theme because every autumn term it is all about me and you and we're going to focus on celebrations and I can do it because it's all about our children feeling that success and our staff feeling that success too so what we are have done is these are the areas that we'll run throughout our school and obviously they'll be developmentally appropriate for each class within our school is we've asked staff teachers TAs SLT to contribute to what activities need to go in these areas so we have created a staff notebook which is an online facility that allows each member of staff within our team to drop activities and ideas into it. So it is that really collaborative learning environment to make sure that everybody feels included and we have lots of creative, fun and well-being as at the heart of it. So they will be our planning documents. We won't necessarily have medium-term plans or daily plans. We'll just have daily activities, which everybody involved in planning in. And the theme is 
it's about fun and engaging and making it a lovely experience for our children. Whether our children engage in that in those activities will be based on an individual basis and there will be no pressure. Obviously, there'll be that little enticement and that little motivator. And for most of our children, and I'm sure it's the same in most special schools, the motivation is food. So <laughs> we will make sure that a lot of it is fun and interactive. But in order for us to be able to do this, we need to provide that safe environment. As I've already said, there'll be a low demand and low simulation. So we're making sure that our classroom environments aren't busy, they're quite calm places, reflective places, in order for our child to have that chill time. There will be sensory equipment available in the classroom so the children, if they need to have a bounce on the therapy ball or on the mini trans pet, or if they need to go on the weighted blanket, they will be available at all times. The layout of the classroom needs to remain consistent. And if I was still in the classroom, I would find this really hard because I was forever changing my classroom. But we need to have that continuity for our children. We need to make sure that we think carefully about the visuals and the social stories that we have available all the time. For our children, it will be silly things like washing the hands, going to the toilet, lunch times snack times, play times, because of the rules and the regulations that we have to follow, these may look very, very different for some of our children and we need to prepare them to keep their anxieties. Most of the things that I've already talked about are all in here, communication, we need to offer the free choice, we need to make sure that transitions are clear for our children and nothing is sprung upon them, so their visual timetables are essential. We need to make sure that we celebrate their achievements and we make sure that emotions and developing their emotions is available in class, no matter how we have to tailor it to meet the children's needs. What we've decided to do as a whole school is we are going to use what um, Lynn McCann has talked about in her PDA training as we're going to use the zones of regulation and our demand. So we're going to provide time and space and that opt-out environment. We're going to make sure that every morning, and this happens normally, we're going to have a slow start to the morning and we're going to use that slow start to make a judgment on where our children are at. So for every child, we're going to determine their level of tolerance and what demand they need during that day and whether they need more adult support or less adult support. And we're going to do this by using our three levels. We're going to have our red, our amber and our green level. So our red are our non-negotiables. So during the day, things that our children must do. And that is all linked to the health and safety and the Maslow's triangle of what they need to do in order to be safe and to be healthy. These are the things that they are going to have to do. And it might be for a few weeks that some of our children, that is all they do. They have a red day until they are settled and back in school. Then we're going to have the orange activities and they may be that just the children enjoy and motivate and there's that small level engagement. And then there's the other activities that if children are having a green day, these are the days that we want to engage them in. This will be personalised and it will be bespoke for each class. There may be the group, non-negotiables, small level and good days, or there may be individualised ones because that's what that child needs. 
what we're ultimately trying to do is we're ultimately trying to prevent the shutdown or the meltdown. We're trying to keep them on that optimal zone of tolerance to keep their anxiety at that even plane. What we have said is the colours will remain the same through the school, but how it's presented in each class can be bespoke to that class. But as long as we're all speaking that same language of the red, orange and green, that if any team member comes into your class, we will know, oh, they're on a red day or they're on an orange day or they're on a green day. So it won't look like nobody is doing anything. It's not about being lazy and it's not about children sitting there doing nothing. It's about recovery. And different children will need different amounts of time to recover. What we also said was that some of our staff might need to come in and say, do you know what, today I'm having a red day. <laughs> My level of tolerance is teetering on whether I'm going to have a meltdown or a shutdown. And if there's that general language within school and that general understanding and that compassion within school, we will be sympathetic to those members of staff who may be on that red day and we need to kind of tread carefully with them. It's all about empathy and it's all about understanding. So our initial baseline is that when everybody walks through their door, everybody's going to be anxious and worried, but that will present differently in everyone. So as I've said, we need to listen, we need to understand, we need to empathise and we need to nurture. We need to provide that nurturing environment that it's okay to feel like that, but these are the tools that we're going to do to make sure that we have a safe environment and how we're going to soothe and support you to get through it. And as a team, we need to promote kindness. We need to be active listeners. We need to be the role model. We need to manage ourselves and we need to show that, that to those children that this is what I do if I need to reduce my anxiety or I need to calm down if I get to if I get mad so we need to promote those self-regulation strategies and most of all we need to be honest we need to be honest with each other as staff and we need to be honest and support with the parents and the children because the famous quote is the staff and the for the children it's got to be spoken personalized so it might have to be like that with our staff for a period of time because all our staff aren't all round pegs that fit into one single hole so it's that in nurturing environment that will hopefully make sure that we get there okay so assessment and impact and this is detailed quite um effectively in our handbook which will accompany this podcast it's about how we're going to assess our children, how we're going to make that baseline judgment. And we are going to use the engagement model provided by the Rochford Review. And we're going to use that through the Evidence for Learning app because it will allow us to build that personalised assessment of that child and provide that this is me profile at the end of it. We're going to use the tags so we can tag different activities and different engagements. So this activity shows a child being curious. This, this activity shows a perseverance in the child. So it will help to monitor what is going on for that child and what is going on in the classroom. It will also help us to measure the impact and monitor and evaluate very much the plan, do, review approach. So this is what we did. Let's look at it. Let's review it. How can we make it better next time? 
we will hopefully continue to use the parent portal on evidence for learning to involve the parents in the activities that we have been doing in school. So we can see that that generalisation of those five areas of the engagement model are being generalised and being uh, our children are being able to use them out in the real world at home when they're going to the cafe when they're going to the family thing so can they explore can they anticipate can they show perseverance outside our school building because it's vital that they can generalize and master that skill and as i've said before we're going to use two of the peer peer coaching to develop our teaching and learning and pedagogy through evidence for learning so in our school, we have had learning champions and they're a member of the SLT or the middle managers who have a cohort of children who they are responsible to be their learning champion. So it's their responsibility to make sure that those children in their champion group are getting what they're entitled to. So we've changed the focus a little bit with it being our recovery and rainbow experience. And this is what our learning champions are going to do with the focus on engaging that child ready to learn and ready to go on the curriculum experience that they need to follow once they have had that time to recover. So our next steps, because we never rest on our laurels and we never think that it's a complete package and we're always wanting to improve and we're always wanting to develop what we are doing. We want to continue that collaborative working and sharing that we have been successful in doing through lockdown that's within our school and also through the AFL networks and the learning shared networks because they have been vital in helping everybody develop what is personal what is right and personalized for their school we want to continue to encourage our children our parents to record the engagement of children we want our therapy dog that goes and it's all about developing that professional learning culture within school. Okay, so as I've said, there's my email. Please don't hesitate to get in touch because together we can make it better for our children because that's what it's all about. I want to thank and acknowledge all these people who've helped us to develop our rainbow experience because without you, it wouldn't be the document that it is. And what we need to make sure is all that information and the understanding and the pedagogy behind it is now actually active within our school. So I want to say thank you to Barry and Alan for giving the opportunity for sharing our Kingsbury Rainbow experience. And thank you all very, very much for listening. And I hope that our journey provides some helpful tips for you to bring your journey of recovery together and make it what's right for our children and give them time and space to recover. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. You've shared so many insights there. It's an absolute treasure trove of, of ideas, of good practice, of just being creative. You've shown a personalised pathway, but the principles on which you've established that pathway are generalizable. Indeed, you've taken the principle of the losses and the five levers and made them Kingsbury's own, but working within that common framework. Um, so many things I could specifically talk about, but I, I loved the way that you talked about the loss being real for your children, that student that said, am I ever going to go to high school? 
um, the way that you've constructed home learning and the interaction with the children and indeed with their families who will just have been made to feel safe during this time of crisis because of the empathetic support they've been given by your staff team who are to be commended for, for going the extra mile. Obviously, a real joy for me was to hear you say that every child would be baselined on the engagement model and this would be the judge of the curriculum and that you're going to be bold enough to say, this is what we're doing for the first term, at least. It's about the child's needs and you're not going to be bullied or persuaded into other approaches. Um, I think we've all been stripped bare in terms of our professional practice at this time. And it's brought us back to what is the heart of that professional practice, which is the child. And you're using the child to inform your practice. One of our other podcasts began with a, an image that talked about looking through the eyes of the child. And you've certainly done that with the, the whole rainbow uh, experience curriculum that you've devised uh, from Kingsbury School. I was pleased to hear you cross-reference to other podcasts, which just emphasizes what Alan has created, which is that that powerful community of practice for us all. And um, to remind people that in, in podcast six, they will find the uh, details of how to make a happiness box. They can listen to Beth Coble talking about uh, happiness and indeed about engagement. You, again, showed how you've been using the resources that have been available by referencing the SMILE curriculum and Amanda Mordy the uh, executive principal of Forest Oak School has actually made a podcast around that, uh, which is also going to be there in, in the series. And um, it's great to see this interlinking of innovative practice at this time of trouble when everybody could be focused really on, on physical distancing, measuring two metres and putting sticky tape around their school. Um, this needs to be a welcoming learning environment a safe learning environment, but a welcoming one. And I think the way that you have constructed that as a staff team is to be commended. I do love the fact that staff are going to be allowed to have a red day too. Uh, I think as things move on in this pandemic and we're all kept in lockdown longer, then the more red days are going to be appearing. Katie, thank you for your time, your talent, and this powerful contribution that you have made to the Recovery Curriculum podcast series. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find more information about the Recovery Curriculum at www.recoverycurriculum.org. There's links to resources, reference materials, as well as uh, video slide decks. Barry Carpenter's webpage is www.barrycarpentereducation.com and the homepage for the podcast is www.learningshared.org. You can email us at learningshared at theteachcloud.net or tweet us at underscore learningshared. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and please do get in touch with feedback if you'd like to either suggest a topic for a future episode or if you'd like to be involved in any way. Finally, you're welcome to join the conversation via one of our online communities of practice. We've got groups on Facebook and LinkedIn 
and details are on the recovery curriculum and learning shared web pages. You can search for recovery curriculum as a group inside Facebook. So for now, thanks again for listening. Stay safe and be well.